Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Well, if you're visiting with us today or maybe you're new to our church, uh, August marks the season of breakthrough for us as a church. And every August, we uh, focus our faith intentionally to believe God for His greatness to be unfolded in our lives. And so maybe you're new or maybe, you, maybe you've been coming for a while. Well, uh, I want, I'm excited because we're going to be focusing our faith. I know that God is a miracle-working God all the time. But in the month of August, we are very intentional about believing God for breakthrough. Maybe you're unfamiliar with that term, breakthrough. Maybe, uh, you know, it means different things to different people. For us here at Church Unlimited, it means two different things. The first one is we're believing God to break us out of prisons or break us out of hard situations and bring us into freedom. Uh, for so many people, you might be bound up in financial situations. Maybe you've got uh, uh, some debt. You found yourself in trouble. Maybe you've got yourself addicted uh, to, to pornography or alcohol or gambling. Or maybe you're just, man, you're just in a hard spot in your family, a hard spot with your children. Maybe you're, you're like, God, I, I need a breakthrough. I need you to come and deliver us, God. Come and bring us into greater freedom. Well, that's what we're focusing for. Maybe you've got children that are not walking with God and we're believing that they're going to get saved. Come on, that's, that is so important that we continue to believe God for His greatness and His deliverance in our lives. But we're also believing God for us to bring us into new territory and to take ground. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we get to a place of freedom, you know, and we go, actually, you know what? Everything's okay. Nothing seems to be overly bad in our lives. Well, God in His greatness can bring us into even more than we already know. And we see this with the Israelites. The Israelites spent years in slavery, bound up. And God, through Moses, brought them into a place of deliverance and brought them into a, into a season of freedom. But God tells the Israelites not just to stay in a place of freedom. No, there's promise. There's promised land that they were instructed to go and apprehend. And we have to understand that everything about God involves more. That, that our God is a God of more. And so for this season, we are focusing our faith to believe God for His promises to be unfolded in our lives. And we want to invite you to come on that journey with us. Uh, in the month of August, I'm going to be preaching on taking ground because I believe that there are promises and, and ground to take for every person. And we're going to be focusing our faith deliberately. Uh, we've got our taking ground prayer cards and we're going to be writing down key things. Come on, where are you believing to take ground? Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was looking in the first service and I've actually got mine from last year sitting right here in front of me. And and, um, and so, you know, I, I write those prayer points down and then I stick them in my Bible as 
the place marker for where I'm at in my Bible when I'm reading. And, 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 it, and it triggers me to remind myself, come on, let's pray and believe God specifically for these, these prayer needs to be released. And then every Wednesday, as Pastor Dan mentioned, we're fasting. As a church, we're spending Wednesdays in prayer and fasting. We meet at 6.30 for prayer. And last Wednesday was pumping. And we're really uh, expecting that, that through prayer and setting aside time and fasting, we can see the hand of God continue to release His goodness in our lives. And then at the end of the month, we have our advancement offering. And this is something that we do every year. Above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings, we give and we have just seen God move so many times as we release faith through our giving. And it's not buying a miracle, but it's an expression of faith. And we've seen it right throughout Scripture. And we'll preach into this and teach more on this to help you to understand. But every time we express faith in the area of finances, man, we've just seen God do so many amazing things. And uh, then we have our worship and warfare night in September on the 6th. And then we've got conference and I want to encourage you, come on, uh, lean in. Come on, fo- come, choose in your heart. Let's go on this journey together. Let's believe God for His greatness to be unfolded in our lives. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on. Well, this morning, I- I'm excited to kick off our teaching series on taking ground. And I have learned with God that the first thing you know about taking ground, the first thing you need to know is that our God is a God of more. He always has more than you think. And, and I have just learned with God that his nature, his very nature is always more. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus teaches us that the enemy, the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you would have life and life overflowing, life abundant. And I think that that scripture right there gives us a real picture of anything that looks like stealing, killing, destroying, lack, small, confinement, enslavement, anything that looks like that is of the devil, the thief who's coming to rob from us. But Jesus has come to give us abundance. Jesus has come to give us more. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God has more for your life. The challenge is for us to lift our faith and believe him for his more. Uh, More is our inheritance through Christ. In Galatians 3.13, Paul teaches us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We are no longer of the curse, having become the curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Did you know that God has a blessing? He has an inheritance on your life and and through Jesus, not through our own merit, not through our own do-gooders. Look, we get to receive the greater that he has in store for us. Uh, He has more than you think. We know that in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now him to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, then we can ask or think according to his power that is at work within us. You carry the fullness of the power of God inside of you. So we got to remind ourselves that. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel weak. I feel pathetic. I feel like I'm not enough. I'm like, I love that giant song, you know, because you go before me. You're making a way. You're, you, you, God, I, I, I'm not putting my faith in my own self. I'm putting my faith in the Lord. Man, I think putting your faith in yourself is just such a lousy place to put your faith. What a, what a small, confined, pathetic, man, I'm, I, I annoy my own self. I got to get my faith in God. I got to get my eyes on the Lord. Come on, he exceeds exceedingly abundantly above what you think or, or ask for. Come on, your imagination is the floor for the more that God has in store for your life. It's important that we learn how to think like God thinks. I think far too often we, we actually pull God down into our pathetic little situations. And God's like, hey, can you just, can you just zip it just a little bit and, and just come, come up to where I am, mate. Come, come and think like I think. Come and, 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 and speak like I speak. Come and see like I see. What does it say? He says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. When we adopt his ways, he shows us how to rise above all the, the drudgery of life to, to, to operate in the grace and the mercy and the more that he has in store for us. His truth teaches us how to think on another level. He says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It's so important that we learn how to get God's thoughts. And, and, and I, I want to challenge us today that as we get into the Word of God, that we lift our faith and we lift our expectation that He exceeds what we ask for and what we think about. And we need to lift our level of thinking. I know that in my own mind, I can get a little trapped and a little lost in my own mind. And, you know, I, uh, we, we've grown considerably in the last 12 months. In fact, we've grown by 35%. Okay, out of every hundred people that attend Church Unlimited, 35 of them are new. So if you, you come to our church and you're one of those new people, just know that 35 out of 100 are just like you. And, and to be honest with you, I'm just blown away. I'm like, God, this is awesome. I'm also kind of like, oh my Lord, how are we going to how are we going to cater for all this? How are we going to, I need more leaders. I need, we need more team. We need more small groups. We need more music team. We need, we need more on every level, Lord. And I, I can, I can, I can be challenged and, and, and get a little discouraged and go, oh, come on. And, and I just sense that God's calling even me to, come on, we need to believe God for his greatness that he has even more for us. Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has already prepared for those who love him. Come on, do you love him this morning? Well, he has already prepared things for you and for your household that you can't see, that you can't hear, and you can't even perceive in your mind. Your own heart can't even perceive them. God has so much more. And he invites us to go on a journey to apprehend or take ground to receive the things that he has already prepared. And I, I want to, I'm really, this, this is a bit of a rah-rah message. This is a bit of a, come on, mate, let's lift our faith. Come on, let's believe God. And it's easy to get discouraged. 
It is. It's easy to, oh yeah, James, I was in the breakthrough offering last year and I did. I wrote down the prayer points and I didn't see the things. And, and it's easy to get discouraged. I, I know it's, it's, it's called a, a, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? And because and, and if we walk by sight, man, gee, some of us wouldn't get out of bed. One lady said to me this morning, she goes, it's just a miracle that I made it to church today. And I said, well, I'm glad you got out of bed. You know, and, and we've got to keep lifting our faith. Yeah. Last week, we were talking about how God instructed Abraham, oh, sorry, instructed Moses to get into the promised land. And I want to pick that verse back up. It's in Exodus 33. It says, the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here. You and all the people who you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants, I will get it. I will give it. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. I love this story because these guys were 400 years slaves in Egypt. And God brings them into deliverance, which is so great. And they were so content with just living free. They were so content with simply just, hey, we're not being beat up by the Egyptians anymore. And God says, no, mate, get up, raise your faith, level up and take ground. We're going into a new place, a place of promise, a place of prosperity, a place flowing with milk and honey. And I, I don't really have honey in my milk, but I'm assuming that that is a good thing. Um, now, Numbers 13 tells us the, 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 the next stage of this journey. Uh, God specifically tells them to send spies out to survey the landscape, to go and see what does the promised land look like? And this is, this is what it says in, in Numbers 13. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men out to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Notice that, which I am giving. I am giving it to them. All they're doing is inheriting it. From every tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. And then it goes on in verse 25, it says, so they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back the word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell there are in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land to the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the, by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. How many of you know you need a Caleb in your life? 
sometimes you need a Caleb in your life that just, that's enough. I'm done with you. That's, come on. The Lord will give us. The Lord is true to his word. The Lord is the one that we hold on to. Come on. I know that you're not. Verse 31. After receiving the rebuke of Caleb, the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. There were giants, descendants of Anak, that came from giants. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were. In their sight. Is that amazing? This story perplexes me. Because for 400 years, they were in slavery. Then God sends Moses and brings them into deliverance. Uh, we see the 10 plagues on Egypt. We see the parting of the Red Sea and they cross and, 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 and the water uh, wipes out the army that's chasing behind them. We see they're now in the, in the wilderness and, and God's providing manna and God's providing quail and God's doing all this stuff. And God says, come on, get up. Rise up, rise your level of thinking. Come on, let's go and take the promised land. And yes, they can see that it's blessed and they can see that it's a prosperous land. But they choose once again to focus on all the problems. They focus on all the negativity. They focus on all the hardship, on all the things that aren't, on all the things that are in the way. And instead of believing God, they chose not to. I just think that that's an incredible picture. In fact, I think there's a lot of Christians that, that we were once enslaved. Maybe we were enslaved to, 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 to alcohol or drugs. Maybe we were enslaved to depression. Maybe we were enslaved to this or that. And God saves us and we come into a place of freedom. And we're just content to live in a place of freedom. But we don't believe that God actually has more in store for us. In fact, the idea of more is a little overwhelming. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I have what it takes to fight those fights. So I'm just quite happy to live here in this place. And God's saying, hey, no, mate. I want you to apprehend. I want you to take ground. I want you to, to, to claim my promises over your life and step into the more for your family, for your children, for your finances, for your mental health, for your physical health, for your joy, for your passion, for your peace. God has more in store for us. And it's so important that we align ourselves with who he is. I've found in my life that the promises of God are often on the other side of hard. There's often a little struggle. There's often a little bit of a, I've got I to apprehend them. It's, it's not just, you know, a, a stroll through the park. No, by faith, we apprehend the promises of God. Jesus actually teaches us that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and it's the violent that take it. 
Now, now we're not talking about violence with people, so please, anything that sounds like that, we are not interested in. But when it comes to the promises of God, there's got to be something in my spirit that says, no, I am not going to settle. I am not going to lower my standards. I'm not going to reduce God down to my level. No, by faith, I'm going to arise to believe God for the more that he told me that I can believe for. I need to believe God for even greater. I need to get my hopes up. Some people are, oh, get your hopes up, James. Don't, don't get everyone's hopes up. Can I say, Man, what is faith if it's not the substance of things hoped for? In fact, getting our hopes up is the only way that we can actually please God. Living in the drudgery and the monotony of your life is not pleasing to God. It's when we believe Him at His word and start to apply the things that He tells us that we can have. That's when he's like, hey, come on, man. You're my boy. Go, son. Go, you good thing. I just hear God in heaven going, come on. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's like, Lord, why, why is everything hard? You know, Lord, couldn't it just be easy? And I've actually learned with God that sometimes God designs it to be hard on purpose. Actually, almost always God designs it to be hard on purpose. Why? Because I'm fickle and I'm pretty arrogant. And if I just started going and doing it all in my own strength, I'd probably forget God. I'm actually really forgetful. I am really good at zeroing in on what's in front of me and forgetting God. And God designs us to take territory, but he doesn't just send us off to take territory. No, he wants to do it with us. Because it, we remind ourselves it's the Lord our God who is our inheritance. He is our deliverance. This is what we were talking about last week. Even we were talking about we've got to be God chasers. I'm chasing the face of God more than I'm chasing the hands of God. Sometimes we get caught up just going, God, do this and God, do that. And God goes, no, mate, I am the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. And God's teaching Moses. And Moses says, hey, I don't want the promised land, God, if you're not there. And I think when we keep that as our anchor, as our heart, we can then go with great strength and great confidence because my confidence is not in my own ability to possess the promised land. My confidence is in the Lord's ability on my life according to His power that is at work within me, according to the things that He has already prepared for my life. I want to be in step and in sync with him that when he is moving, I am moving. And together, we are leveling up. We are growing up. We are stepping into the more that God has for us. I've learned with God that the journey is actually just as important as the destination. I don't know about you when you're driving, but, but I'm, I'm an outcomes guy. I just want to be there. I was the annoying kid in the back seat saying, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Some people just love to get in the car and go for a drive. Paula's a bit like that. She was, oh, let's go for a drive. I'd be like, where? Why? She first said to me, let's go for a drive. I'm like, why would we do that? It's a terrible waste of fuel and the planet. And what's the... I actually think God's saying to... Hey, hey, Hensley, relax on the outcomes. Let's, let's go together. 
Come on, let, let, let's, I want to show you. I want to I teach you how to think. I want to teach you how to see. I want to teach you how to, how to make your ways, my ways, your ways. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you know God has more than you can see? I think too often my eyes betray me. I, I often get caught up just looking at the circumstances of life. You get caught up seeing, you know, we become realists, you know. But I, I want to tell you right now, reality is, is opposed to faith. The things of the natural and the things of the supernatural are not the same. And, and too often we apply natural, realistic thinking, we see all the circumstances instead of seeing the promises of God. And I think we can be just like those 10 spies that went into the promised land and, and, and God says, oh, you can have all this in your family. And what do we do? We go, yeah, I've heard that. But you don't know what he's like. You don't know how he drinks. You don't know what he says to me. You don't know how he sits and watches sport all day. You don't know what it's like to be married to him. And what happens is we start seeing our husband according to the natural. We don't have eyes of vision, eyes of faith to see the man of God that's inside of him. Oh, that woman, she's just a dragon that nags me all the time. Oh, yeah, all I, and what we do is we start to see our spouse. Not as God's gift to us. We stop seeing that there's more for our marriage. We stop seeing that there's more for, for our communication. There's more in our household. And we get stuck in the monotony of the wilderness. Without understanding, God says, hey, come on, rise up in your marriage. Come on, rise your faith up and believe that there's more. Come on, I, I, Paul and I have been married 20 years this year. And, and it's been an amazing 20 years. It's, it's not been easy. It's been an amazing 20 years, but I'm believing God. I've got vision for our marriage that it's going to get even better. I do. I talked to a couple this morning. They've been married 53 years. I was like, that's amazing. I want to love each other and hold hands in church and worship the Lord. And, you know, in 33 more years that, that together we would keep growing and maturing. God's got more for us. I found that when we lose vision... When we get our eyes distracted, you know, eye has not seen. You don't have vision for your marriage, so you start looking at the girl at the gym. You start looking at, the, at, that, at your work colleague. You start engaging with each other in ways that you shouldn't. Man, it's, it's when you get your eyes off of what you're supposed to have your eyes on that you find yourself in trouble. And I just want to encourage you, we've got to teach ourselves to see the greater things that God has for us. What about for your children? Come on, sometimes we get caught up just seeing our kids in, in their current state. We see them in their bad behavior or we see them making decisions that we don't agree with or, or we see them not living up to their true potential. And it's easy for us to become grumbly and complain. Oh, come on, mate, what's wrong with you? And Come on, lift your game. And instead of seeing the untapped potential of who our children are called to be, we start just 
getting into them for what they're not. And I'm challenged by that. I got to keep living my vision. Come on, sometimes we see our bank balance. And it fills us with fears. Oh, man, how are we ever? You know, the pastor again was talking about buying houses. Mate, I just would love to buy a loaf of bread. I would love to go one week without stressing over money. God has more in store for us. But he invites us to make his ways our ways. He invites us to see like he sees. The fact that you're here today and you're all wearing clothes is a testimony to the provision of God. Not one person walked in naked, thank you very much. And, and we want to, we just, God's taking care. God didn't just bring us this far just to bring us this far. God didn't bring you thus far in your life just to leave you here. There's more. Arise. Lift your vision. Lift your idea. What you, what you believe that God's got for you. Come on. There is more than you can hear. Man, your ears, your ears are betraying you. Your ears lie to you. You hear lies all the time. There's a never-ending voice of no. No, you can't do that. No, you don't measure up. No, get back in your box. No, that's silly. No, come on, there's not enough. And my ears are trained to hear the murmurs and the whispers and the lies of the enemy that are speaking lack and fear and and confinement, but the voice of God is saying, hey, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. I am more than enough. Lean into me and we will go there together. Come on, I want to encourage you. What are you listening to? There's so many voices trying to label you, trying to, nah, you're this label. You're divorcee. You're unlovable. You're, You're too introverted. You're a victim. You're too broke. You're too poor. No one would ever want you. We hear those types of things. Uh, You know, I've learned that some of the biggest bullies in my life are actually in my own head. And those things run around as the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, the deceiver, the liar, starts to whisper in my ear fear and doubt and discouragement. Maybe you're that diagnosis. You're ADHD. Oh, mate, you've got depression. You've got anxiety, mate. Come on, you're sick. You're labeled with this sickness. And we go, oh, oh, the doctor told me I was this, so I I, I guess I am. Come on, your ear is not hearing that you are free, that you are healed, that you are his chosen beloved. He's not hearing that you're not hearing that you can have peace that surpasses your understanding. It's so important that we align our ear to the word of God. The never-ending voices of negativity are constantly speaking us down. But we've got to start to align our ears with the voice of heaven and rise in faith. Paul teaches us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This morning... My whole goal in this message is to stir the faith inside of you that you would hear the word of God and go, yes, 
Yes, I believe. I believe there is more. I believe that God has, has greater ground for me to take in my family. I am, I'm believing for more. And as you hear the word of God, faith arises in your spirit. We start to take steps into the promised land. We got to learn to cut out the white noise. We got to get into the truth of God's word. Jesus teaches us that you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Come on, when you open the word of God, this is his book of promises over my life. I'm so challenged that everything in the word is his promise over my life. And I need to take ground to apprehend those promises and see them come to fruition. It's important that I get into the word. Because when I get into the word, he gets into me. His word gets into me. This is not supposed to be just some boring homework that you got to do each week. You know, my, my kids come home and they go, oh, dad, we had biology today. We opened up this lame biology book. Sometimes we can treat our Bibles like a, like a lame school textbook. Oh, that thing again. Oh, yeah, I know I should read my Bible more. Man, have you understood that this thing was your promise? That every word in here is yes and Amen. If you understood the truth of his word and started to go, yes, I believe you, Lord. I don't see it in the natural, but I see it in the supernatural. I'm not hearing it in the natural, but I choose to hear your word and your promise for more in my life. I'm going to arise. The Bible is a list of God's promises, more healing, greater freedom, more vision. Come on. Maybe you feel like you're, you're just in a in, a, in a, just a, a monotonous place in your life. God's got more vision for your life. You might be you know, a little bit older. Can I encourage you? As long as you're still breathing, God's got purpose for your life. Come on, He's got vision for your life. Don't just get old. There is, there is no getting old in God. As long as, man, I love getting around Pastor Alan Ralph and getting around Dan and Ann O'Farrell and different ones. They go like, yeah, we're in our 70s, but we're not old. We're, we're still full of life. God, the Spirit of God's in us. There's more purpose, more fulfillment, more for your marriage, more for your... Stop listening to, 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 the, to the negativity that's spewing out over your family. More for your money. Hey, did you know there's more peace? There's more peace. You can know your anxieties can know more peace. There's more joy. How many of you need more joy? Some of you need to... Come on, number one. More peace. Number two, more joy. That would be awesome. Please, if you don't know what to write down, write that down. That's awesome. More money would be number three, in my opinion. Come on. Let the joy of God start to stir. More laughter. More fun. One of Paula and I, we said, hey, we want 2023 to be a year of more fun. We love our job and our kids. and Man, I love church. Like, we just... we. You have to understand, when I, I don't really go to work. I, I love what I do. But we also are, are in a place in our marriage where it's like, gee, it feels like all we can ever do is talk about kids in church. And sometimes the romance and the fun of a marriage can just turn into business partners. All we do is manage the money, talk about the kids and sports schedules and where they got to be and what's on next. And it's like, gee... When was the last time we had a laugh together? When was the last time we poured a glass of wine and sat on the back deck and just laughed together and enjoyed each other? Maybe, maybe it's not a glass of wine. Maybe it's a cup of tea or whatever your thing is. 
But come on, could you find fun again in your marriage? Could you find joy in your marriage? So here's a couple of questions for you. What scriptures are you holding on to? Where's your promise? Can I tell you? I would encourage you for every one of your prayer points, I would write a Bible verse next to it. Go and Google it. You know, you're like, all right, I need, you know, I've, I've got arthritis in my body. I'm believing God for healing. Great. Now go and find a healing Bible verse and write it out next to it. Come on. Maybe one of them is I'm believing for one of my kids to get saved. Come on. Go and find a Bible verse about your family and your household. Maybe you're believing God for, you know, maybe, maybe you're believing God to speak in tongues. Maybe you're believing just that your spirit would overflow and God would take you to a new season spiritually. Come on, there's more. He says he gives the spirit without limit. You carry the fullness of the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's so important that we appropriate the word of God next to the things that we're believing for because those are our anchors. Come on, what are the scriptures? What are the promises of scripture that you're ignoring? Come on, there's, there's clear instruction in there. And you're choosing to ignore it. You know, maybe it's, you know, all right, the Lord's talking about drunkenness. I'll tell you right now. You've heard me say, you know, even I just mentioned a glass of wine. I don't have a problem with alcohol whatsoever. But scripture is very clear about, about being drunk. And I have a big problem with that. And so maybe you're, just, oh, actually, you know what, I've probably been going a bit too far there and. And I've been ignoring the word of God. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe you need to write on your, on your card. I, I actually need to be delivered from probably just getting too, too loose. And I need to put his word down next to it and go, actually, I want that out of my life. Because I need to be free to be the man of God or the woman of God that I'm called to be. What scriptures are you ignoring? Where have you just accepted the words of the world over the word of God? You know what I've found is so many people say to me, they go, oh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I've decided I'm going to leave my wife. I'm like, oh, yeah? And they, oh, I've got peace about it. I feel like God's okay with it. Are you? When the Bible says, whom God put together, let no man separate, who do you think he's talking to? Oh, yeah, well, I was talking with all the guys at work. And all the guys at work agreed with me that I deserve better and that, I, you know, she, she's just too much and... And that's the voice of the world. That's exactly what the world says. The world says, ah, mate, it's a lost cause. Why do most marriages end at 10 years? Because couples get to the 10-year mark and they think about the next 10 years and they're like, flip. I don't want another 10 years like that. You know, back, back in the day, she was your miracle the answer to God's prayers, you know, your prayers. God blessed me, but 10 years on, now nah, we're in a wilderness season. I don't want another 10 years with that. I want to, God's got better for me than that. Yeah, he does. It's still with her though. Come on, mate. Believe for more. Stop just accepting things as status quo. Here's a second. The word of God is not just his, 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 his uh, scripture. It's, there's a rhema. That he can speak into your spirit where you actually, there's a promise over your life. God says in his word in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Again, hope and future. If you are living in anything less than hope and future, there's more. 
There is more. And it's so important that we keep aligning ourselves. What's God spoken to you? What's the purpose that he's put in your heart? God told Abraham to leave his mother and father and go to the promised land. God told Mary that she was going to be pregnant with Jesus and carry the Messiah. Jesus told the disciples, hey, come follow me. And they did. God called me out of America to the, to the promised land. I'm in the promised land of Australia. It always drives me nuts when I hear people rubbishing Australia. You have never lived anywhere else. You ungrateful little Aussies. When you've lived elsewhere, there is no, this is the land of the living, let me tell you. My kids go to school and I'm not worried about schools getting shot up. I'm not worried about being robbed at the liquor store. We don't have gun problems. We don't have so many of the problems that are around the world. And, and, and I don't know why I'm talking about that, but come on. Oh, there we go. Yeah. What, what's God put in your heart? What are the dreams that, come on, is there a business in your heart that God's told you, hey, is there a child? You believe in God for your miracle child? Come on, what is the thing in your spirit that God's put in your heart? What's God saying to you? What are the dreams and visions that he has told you? Come on, I'll invite the worship team to come. There is more than you can even perceive in your heart. You know, sometimes our, our hearts get filled with fear and discouragement. I'll never forget when I was eight years old, I went to the San Francisco Zoo and I went to the lion exhibit in the San Francisco Zoo. And I was so excited until the lions came into the exhibit. And then I saw them. And I was like, whoa, look at their teeth. Look at their claws. Look how big they are. And then they started roaring and my ears, it wasn't just my eyes. Now my ears were telling me danger, danger, danger. And I will never forget when fear got into my heart. And I was like, I cling to my dad's leg at eight years old going, and, and he kind of comes, hey, James, it's okay, mate. Look at the bars. We're safe. It's okay. Sometimes our eyes tell us a story, and then our ears start to hear that same story. And then that fear can get into our hearts. Oh, James, you don't know how long we've been battling I'm so discouraged. I've been believing for healing for 20 years. I've been believing for my son to come to Jesus. I've been believing for my husband. I've been believing to be free financially. I've been believing to be free from pornography. I've been believing for a long time and now I'm just so discouraged. Fear has gotten into my heart. I, I love that it specifically doesn't talk about your eyes and your ears. It talks about the state of your heart. And I'm here to tell you, there is more. God is faithful. Even when I am not faithful, He is faithful. Even when I am not good or it's not good, He is good. And He is inviting us as a church to level up and to go with Him into the greater things that He has in store for us. Come on, where do you need to lift your faith? Where do you need to believe God again? Where do you need to shake off discouragement and go, I'm not letting go to the promise. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to just bring God down into my ways. No, I'm going to come up to His ways. Come on, would you stand to your feet?
Bible teaches us in Proverbs 4, verse 23, that above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And I just, I sense that even, even there, there would be people in here and, and fear has tried to grip your heart. Discouragement has tried to grip your heart. And, and it's not that we're faithless. No, I think there's great faith in this room. It's just, man, it's hard to keep going. There's a great verse that says, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season you shall reap. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to just keep doing good day in, day out. Week in, week out. I'm good at the conference. I'm good when I'm at the camp. I'm good when I'm in church. But what about Thursday morning? Well, this week I'll be pretty good because I would have had prayer and fasting the day before. But God's got more. Come on, would you lift your hands? Lord, we endeavor to be men and women of faith who believe you at your word. But God, I'm aware that there would be people in this room and there has been a real sense of discouragement and fear that has tried to grip us. And right now, we just surrender to you every fear. Every fear of health challenges. Every fear, oh, is this, is this what it's going to be like now? Am I going to walk with this limp? Is this arm not going to work? Is that neck going to hurt forever? Every fear of family, every fear of our children, we give you our children. One of the guys in our church texted me yesterday and said, James, my son had an overdose last night. He had a drug overdose. He's in hospital in a coma. I, thought I, could, just, I could feel the fear, I, 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 the fear of a dad, a dad's fear, a mother's fear over her children. It's so real. But God, we surrender our fears to you. We surrender there's fear that our marriage is going to look like the next 10 years is going to look like the, the last 10. God, we give you those fears this morning. And we choose to believe you for the more. We choose to let, come on, I, listen, I loose right now the spirit of faith to come and fill our hearts again. As we are in this season of breakthrough, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would help our faith. Help our unbelief. Help us in our doubts. Help us in our worries. Help us when we can't see it. We thank you, God, that you remove the scales from our eyes and teach us how to have vision and to see things like you see them. Lord, clean the wax out of our ears so that we can hear your voice as that voice is more important than every other voice. I thank you that the word of God is true. We can hold you at your promise, even when we haven't seen it happen the way we think we should. Come on, there are people here this morning, and, and you're believing for, you've been believing for a long, long time. And God, we just again, we trust you at your word. We trust you that your word says, be fruitful and multiply. We trust you that your word says, it's not good that man should be alone. We trust you that your word says, whom God put together, let no man separate. We trust that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You are Jehovah Nissi, the banner over our house. You are Jehovah Shalom, the, the God, our peace. We receive your peace 
You are our joy. You are our fun. You are our laughter. We receive you for more. We believe you for more. Lord, I thank you that as we focus our faith in this season, God, that we are going to see tangible breakthroughs. This is not pie in the sky. This is not theory. You are who you say you are. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Come on, I want to do two things before we close. I want, to, I want to give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And then I want to sing this song in faith, this song Giants. I want to sing it in faith as we declare it over our situations and our circumstances. But before we sing, I wonder, are there people here this morning that would say, James, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I've heard about religion or, or maybe I've just come to check it out or my friend has invited me today, but, but I don't know God. I am not in right relationship with God. Can I tell you, we can fix that right here and right now. God wants to bring you into more, but before He brings you into more, He invites us to yield our hearts to Him and make Him the Lord of our life. And, and I wonder if there are people here this morning that would say, James, I, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to receive His forgiveness and know His mercy. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Maybe we could just bow our heads in a moment of, of respect. If you're here and you would say, James, I know that I am not in a right situation with God. I know that I need to receive His forgiveness. I need to, I need to make things right. If that's you, I want to pray with you right here and right now. And just so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you, would you give me a little wave? I'll see your hand. Come on, two people right up the back. Three over here. Come on, that's awesome. Is there one more that would say, I, come on, four right here. That's great. Five. Come on. This is so great. Jesus wants to forgive you. He wants to set things right. He wants to be the Lord of your life. And then he wants to release his more in your life. But it does come from us first humbling ourselves. Is there one more person this morning that says, James, I need to pray. Come on, church. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you know me and you love me. And you proved it when you went to the cross to die for my sin. Jesus, I give you my sin. I give you my shame. I give you my pain. And I receive the forgiveness and new life that you have for me. Amen. Amen. Right now, God, for all five of those people. Come on. Come on. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is breaking off condemnation, breaking off every lie in the name of Jesus. We just speak right now. Be free in Jesus' name. You are forgiven. You are new, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. And I speak, God, that there is new season ahead. There is more in Jesus' name. There is more peace. There is more freedom. There is more healing. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are on the move in our lives. And we choose to align our lives with your word. Bring us up to your level, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, we're going to sing. And as we sing, come on, take one of these home. And this week, I, by the way, I cheat. I take like five or six of these home. I got them all over my Bible everywhere. And because and, I'm just like, man, I'm believing God for nothing less than everything he tells me I can believe for. Amen. Come on, as the team sing, would you sing in faith? 
Would you let this be sung over your household? Would you sing it over your life in Jesus' name? I love you. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 